What about you guys? What have you been up to? Um, well, I, uh, I talked to your mom yesterday on the phone. Um, <laughs> did she tell you? <laughs> she told me, and I was like, wow, okay. But I figured, like, I would let you, if you wanted to, she didn't tell me, no, I don't know what you, I know what you guys talked about, but she <laughs> told me, <laughs> okay, here, let me back up. My mom <laughs> told me that you reached out to her, and that was it. Or, no, that she reached out to you. And that was fuck. Okay, listen, listen. I'm sorry. Do you I'm want sorry. me to maybe tell you what I, happened? Okay, I hold on. Let me just reiterate what I... Okay, I was talking to my mom. She mentioned that you two were in contact and that you had a phone call planned. And that was it. I don't know how the phone call went. And I figured I would let you take the lead if you wanted to tell me about it. If not, I was gonna... That's your own goddamn business. And I thought it was really sweet. And it made my heart very warm that two ladies that I like very much... We're chatting with each other. That's yes. what I was trying to say. Well, very well articulated. Um, oh. And I, yeah, so I talked to your, your mom Facebook messaged me and was like, Paris, are you interested in learning about vaginal steaming? <laughs> I, you know, because I talked about that I have ovarian cysts on the podcast. And I was like, yes. I don't know anything about this. Please teach me. And so I had like a half hour phone conversation with your mom about the ins and outs of vaginal steaming and like what it's like and what the benefits are. And she is so sweet. She's sending me a little like gift basket of herbs in the mail to like start to do vaginal steaming with because apparently it can be really beneficial for people who are suffering from ovarian cysts. My life is so fucking weird, dude. <laughs> it's so weird. I love what do you it. Mean? I love how fucking wild it is. Um, I love that. I'm so glad. I hope it works for you. I hope you? that you find I I hope you find success in this venture. You sound hesitant. Um, no, sorry. Have you it's just done vaginal steaming? I personally have not, but she has really encouraged me to do them. But <laughs> I You don't not, want it? No, I have nothing against it. I'm just lazy. And I don't have anything, I don't have anything, um, like, that is urgently painful, like your cysts have been, or, like, any yeah. um, things. Like, she started steaming and, and um, learning, like, she's getting, like, a certificate in this, like, field. I know she's, she's t as using me as her last client for her certification. Yes, which I'm, like, so excited for her about. So she, but she's gotten into this um, type of medicine way after I, I've, like, resolved all of my, like, yeast issues, essentially. Like, I had chronic yeast infections when I was 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and so that stuff all cleared up. So I don't have anything, like, immediate that I'm worried about, but she's also like when with my irregular periods, she's been like, Fallon, you should steam. And I'm like, I think I'm, I think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we should steam together and um, like FaceTime when we do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on. Okay. All right. I accept. I 
Yeah, I think that sounds like a great time because you have to like kneel on the floor for like 15 minutes and what right. else am I going to do during we that We can time? read to each other, we can, <laughs> we can FaceTime, we could do face masks, we could have a whole girl, I, I'm sorry, there's one, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Why would you want to do this alone? Of course, I want to be there with you on this journey, Paris, and I accept I'm so the invitation. I'm so happy that you do. It I'm sounds so sorry. like you're being a little sarcastic, no! um, and I'm, I'm a, a bit offended because I was being genuine. No! I'm being serious! <laughs> I'm being serious, I swear to God. I'm so sorry. I keep smiling because <laughs> it's so silly. Our well, lives I'll, are crazy. Well, fine. I'll tell you when my herbs get here, and then we can start steaming together once okay. a week. Well, I will. I will call her today and tell her that I need. I need herbs. <laughs> I need my own special blend for my regular periods. Yes. Good. And well, that's I'm excited that. to start this journey with you. I am excited too. I'm. I'm really sorry. I know I sound like an asshole right now. I know <laughs> it, but I can't not get get my smile to go away, just because like <laughs> I don't know. This this part of my life has always been like relegated to me, and now it's bleeding into my friends' lives, and so it's just like a it's just a new experience for me. I've never had anyone that like was my friend that like now chats with my mom about <laughs> vaginal steaming. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Let's normalize alternative medicine, okay? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Well, during that, you might have heard um, a third chuckle, a manly <gasps> chuckle, if you will. Should we introduce that third chuckle? Yes. Uh, today's guest is Brady Baldwin. Um, What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> that was so loud. Look at your sound bars. I don't care. I'm here. I'm here. I can finally defend myself. I've been slandered on this podcast more times than I can count. And now it is time for Requiem. I am here and I'm ready to go. Also, uh, I'm all for uh, this natural healing kick. I'm da- I would also like to FaceTime as I uh, use my new ball koozie that I just got. And we could all steam together. Fallon, have you seen a ball koozie? Brady's been threatening to buy one for a couple of weeks. What is that? Hello? What is that? Oh. <laughs> a ball koozie it looks like uh, it's kind of like a, a, a shallow dish in the shape of like nuts <laughs> and you like put your scrot in it and it, your scrot they just kind of float <gasps> in some warm water I wonder if there's jets I don't know do you know if there's so jets so you have tea no bag idea. it I have no it's idea. like a tea bag situation <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You, you, you just sort of dip it in you know <laughs> And you swirl it around. And so what does that do? Does that like help I don't circulate know. the swimmers? I think it's it's one of those things that they like advertise on Instagram that I don't think any human being has ever bought other than like for a gag gift. But I'm willing to give it a shot. I think, I mean, Paris, are you open to that? Really, it's your call friend. I mean, we can all be on Discord. Oh no, I'm I oh, I'm sorry. I don't actually really? want to be anywhere near your vaginal steaming FaceTime. <laughs> Why? That was a joke. 
<laughs> Do you have a problem with vaginal Are singing, Are you Brady? afraid of vaginas? No, I, I, would, I think that it needs to be a safe space, and I don't think me and my ball koozie would be a welcome addition. Well, I honest. think that's very feminist of you, Brady, so I... Thank you. you. Know. And really, that's what we're here to talk about today. Right. We are here to talk about... <laughs> I'm going to weigh in. Yeah. So, um... Do you like boys with wings or maybe horns or tails? Maybe you're into scales. Perhaps you want to be the lizard queen. Do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters? Like maybe vampires. Do werewolves make you cream? Then welcome to our podcast. This is the place for you. Freaks and geeks are welcome, and weebs will take you too. Fantasy time starts now. Set sail to a land of books and joy and big dicks. Paris, I mean, how do you want to do? Do you? How do you want to introduce this? I've well, I've I've asked Brady to take the lead here in giving us the plot summaries. Okay. Um. We talked a little bit last week about what books we were reading and going to be talking about on this podcast. Uh, we re- read the first two books in A Wizard of Earthsea. Is that what it's? That's mm-hmm. the. Is it A Wizard of Earthsea or yes. The Wizard of Earthsea? A, a Wizard of Earthsea. <gasps> yeah, one of those. Oh, I couldn't tell you. This book doesn't hold a special place in my heart. Anyways, Damn. the first book is called. The Wizard of Earthsea. A Wizard of Earthsea. A Wizard of Earthsea. And the second book is called The Tombs of Atuan by Ursula K. Le Guin. Yep. And these were recommended to us by Brady Baldwin. Brady, these books hold a special place in your heart. Can you tell us about why that is? I would love to. Um, (laughs) I read these first when I was very young. Um, I'm not sure exactly what age. But they are by one of my all-time favorite authors, Ursula K. Le Guin. Another feminist. Yes. (laughs) Um, Actually, she is really cool, though. She was from Portland, lived there almost her whole life. So she was like a local author to where, like, me and Paris grew up, at least. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think these books, uh, I like them better than, like, some of the other, like, classic fantasy books. Um, I don't really, I think they're just sort of different to me, so I brought them on. And also, I thought it was kind of funny to bring, like, classical fantasy to this podcast, where y'all mostly <laughs> talk about, like, much more engaging, uh, like, I'm saying that in all seriousness, like, stuff that people, like, actually go to the bookstore and read, and not these dusty old tomes of the 60s or whatever. Yeah, they're definitely they definitely have like a seventies vibe. Um, as yeah. far as the audiobook went, I read the first <laughs> one, but I made the mistake of going audiobook on the Tombs of Atuan, and that was a mistake mm. because Earthsea was actually pretty fun, like Wizard of Earthsea. Um, but then when it came to Atuan and listening to like I don't know Michelle Pfeiffer from the 80s it was a little rough it was a little rough but was this your first like fantasy series that you read brady as a kid i don't i don't think so i think when i was like really young my dad like read aragon and harry potter to me 
Um, and I read so much when I was a kid. I read like every single Stephen King book and like all these other things. So I'm not exactly sure, but they were definitely some of the first. Yeah. Because sure. I think how old were you when you read this book? I I really don't know. I probably I would guess like early middle school. Because yeah. I think the thing that I was thinking of when I was reading these was it's not really about whether or not I like the book or whether or not Paris likes the book. It's more about <laughs> the fact that they were special to you. And yes. like that, that is the whole point of fantasy time. You know, like we don't sure. kink shame. We don't book shame. Well, we do book shame. <laughs> if there's capital B's, we book shame. Um, but there were no capital. What's that? There were, <laughs> capital B black. Yes, ma'am. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. I remember now. I, I heard that. From uh, yeah. the secret laugh of Abdi LaRue? Yes. Like Ishwab? No, there there are only uh, copper... The invisible life, sorry. Copper-skinned people in this book. Yeah, yeah there shades. are or people with or skin black the color skin. of dirt. Yeah. 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 Sorry, what did you say, Fallon? She did... There, there were some black-skinned folks. Yeah. Like, um, Vetch is black-skinned, according to mm-hmm. her. Like, he is a, right. a more black man. But I, in her, like, afterward, uh, she talks about how she wanted to subvert the classic white hero and yes. um, made it clear that he was not white, only, you know, a, a little ways in. And um, that she rejected all of the... Uh, book covers that people were offering mm-hmm. for her because mm-hmm. none of them included they all either included white characters or didn't include the black character like people were affronted that it was not a white character um mm-hmm. in like the, 70s yeah, the publishers and 80s. the publishers didn't want to put a cover out that didn't have a white guy on it yeah and i was really like all right ursula okay Um, Yeah, actually, I kind of wanted to talk about, like, just Ursula K. Le Guin in general. I also really like all the afterwards in those books. I think they put them into a lot of context. Like, each one, I kind of read it, and it's just like a normal fantasy book. And then you hear the afterward and, like, hear stuff like that about, you know, the things she was trying to subvert and, like, all the pushback she had. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So, I do like that. But, I mean, is it all right if I just give a little rundown, a little uh, summary of the Ursula K. Le Guin Wikipedia page? Yes. Because she's, like, (laughs) one of the coolest people, I think. Yes, please. Um, So, yeah, born in California, she was the first woman woman to win a Hugo and a Nebula Award for Best Novel, which are, like, the fantasy awards for, like, fantasy novels and science fiction novels. Um, she was a trailblazer for women in fantasy and sci-fi who won eight Hugos and six Nebulas in her lifetime. Damn, bitch! And the only, or the second woman ever to be honored as a Grand Master of Sci-Fi and Fantasy by the Writers of America and was named a living legend by the Library of Congress. Uh, yeah, which I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool as hell. <laughs> she's kind like, of They're like, yeah, she's a fucking legend. Damn. <laughs> it. Living legend. Uh, she won the National Book Foundation Medal for Distinguished uh, Contribution to American Letters, which is just what a way to say that. She, like, <laughs> the, all the, like, individual letters of America. Damn. Um, and her childhood was also really weird. Uh, her mother and father were, like, authors uh, her mother was like an author who wrote about indigenous, like Native American people, and mm-hmm. like like transcribed a lot of their stories and stuff, which I assumed had a big impact on her because mm-hmm. that seems like a lot of her like writing. I think is like it feels like you know she has a much more um, 
like keyed into like different cultures and stuff and like really interested in like writing about a bunch of different cultures within the like larger world of Earthsea. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely see that. Uh, I guess her parents knew Robert Oppenheimer as a child. Like Who's that? The inventor of the atomic bomb. Oh, no big which deal. I was like, okay, that's a weird thing. Uh, cool or not. Um, and then she was doing a, a doctorate in French in France and met her husband. And then they moved to America and she stopped doing her doctorate, which I thought was kind of Was dumb. her Did husband French? Uh, yeah, they moved to Oregon and they lived there for the rest of their lives. Was her husband, was her, there, was her husband a Frenchman? Frenchman? He or was. was he Charles Le Guin. Charles Le Guin. Oui. He was a, I guess he's a professor of history. Ugh, we love an intellectual. Know. An intellectual <laughs> But, you know, the thing is that she really didn't need, I guess, to get a doctorate because she went on to be one of the most successful fantasy writers in the history of all time. Yeah. Um, she, I, I, I actually, one of the uh, books I read of hers that was really cool is called The Lathe of Heaven. I read it in college and it like fucking blew my mind. It's set in Portland. It was about a dude who like dreams and his dreams like manifest in reality and it's fucking nuts. He sees like this <laughs> psychologist that tries to use him to like create a world like after his image and stuff. It's wild. Wow. Um, but she wrote for 60 years. She taught classes and she died uh, on January 22nd, 2018. Damn. Um, yeah, and she had all sorts of cool philosophies. Like, she was an atheist, but she, like, studied Eastern Taoism and, like, <laughs> b- like brought that into her life. She liked, like, socialism and communism and, like, defended authors who were, like, ousted from the Writers Guild of America for being, like, communist sympathizers. Mm. Uh, she was, like, probably the first fantasy writer ever to address, like, gender fluidity and gender norms. Mm-hmm. Her book, Left Hand of Darkness, which was her first, like, big Hugo winner was about a society of like gender fluid people and like all like all the things addressed there. So all of her books address like different social issues like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What do you think about her books sick. made people accept them <laughs> and revere them? Because I think my thought is that, you know, like back that like in her time she was a trailblazer, mm-hmm. but also like what do you think made her successful in breaking past that pushback? I honestly think they just couldn't ignore, like, the quality of writing. I think, it, like, at a certain point, it was just like, yeah, I mean, this, like, book, like, some of these books she's producing are, like, actual masterworks of literary fiction. So, I mean, I'm sure there were people who were like, yeah, I'm not reading that. Fuck that. But, like, I think it sort of paved the way for the mainstream to accept, like, oh, maybe, you know, the female voice has a space in the fantasy, like, Maybe. Uh, debatable. Because of this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she did definitely influence a lot of like other fantasy writers. Like these books, uh, it says in the intro, she says the name in the name is the magic. Like that's the whole point of Earthsea, right? You have to know like the true names Mm -hmm. of things. Yeah, yeah. And that totally inspired everything from like Aragon to like Spirited Away Mm. and that sort of thing. Right. Well, I feel like. It, yeah. it kept reminding me of Harry Potter because they're like, oh, yeah. oh, don't say Voldemort. Like, he who must not be named is like the most powerful yeah. thing is his name. So that, like, little trope in this. Uh, I guarantee that's connected. Yeah. Some well, point. like, I'm sure mm-hmm. that uh, J.K. Rowling read The Wizard of Mercy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Because, yeah. yeah, other probably. fantasy authors that are women. Yeah, yeah. She probably would have read her book. And speaking of uh, Spirited Away, Studio Ghibli actually made a Wizard of Earthsea movie directed by Miyazaki. Yes, I, I have not watched it yet, but I, I want to. Apparently, it's it's based on the 
fifth book in this series, and I guess I had mixed reviews. I've never seen it, but I'm sure it's pretty cool. Cool. I love that. I love that man. But yeah, that's it. That's what I got. Well, thank you, Brady, for the background. I think it's important to bring in not just smut into the fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy time realm, because um, as much as we do love our action-packed sexy as hell i think it's important to acknowledge literary greatness and achievement uh, especially when it's women especially when women are trailblazing especially when uh women are showing up for folks of color and all that jazz so i do appreciate this addition to our repertoire <laughs> thank you for using yeah i know it's sort of like i'm like assigning homework that's what paris was saying when she was reading it <laughs> I did. We, we, I, I begged. I came out into the living room. I was like, Brady, can you please go on a walk? I have been listening to this on audiobook for hours. And please, I just want to go outside. And so we went on a walk. And then when we were coming back, I was like, God, I feel like I have to return to like studying, just listening to this book. I, I feel bad because I, I recognize that it is like a great work of literary fiction. I just was bored. Damn. Well, <laughs> to be honest. I'm sorry, Paris. I I had a hard time getting through some of it, but I I um, atoned. I uh, what's the fucking word? I blanked that too. I attributed that too. I had a hard time reading it too, but I had a t- I. <laughs> I think it's fantasy time. <laughs> I think it's fantasy time. <laughs> Are you having are you having a stroke? Here comes a spoiler. So don't be mad, we've warned ya. You've only got yourself to blame if you keep on listening and learn some things that you really don't want to know. If so, then go. <laughs> oh my you know what? I need a steam is what I need. This is what happens when you don't steam. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a full head of steam and no steam in my bag. So I'm gonna fix that right now. I, um, you are not alone in that it took me a while to get through um, a Wizard of Earthsea, but I attributed that to um, just the crazy week that I was having, and also like you know people storming the Capitol and all that jazz. So um, yeah, but. I, that last that last bit of book where he's just on the goddamn ocean and then he's like <laughs> and then it's like a page later he's like I did it I did it guys we're done now and then the last page of the book is like yeah no one remembers that story <clears throat> no one knows if that really happened or not <laughs> read my next book <laughs> I was like what so the ending was a little unsatisfying. But um, Brady, would you lead us through a little summary of what, give some context to what the fuck we're talking about, please. Yeah, sure. Um, well, shit. It starts out, we're in Earthsea, <laughs> which is like a land of islands, sort of. And and islands and people that sail between them. <laughs> and you start off on, <laughs> and there's no better description than that, as far as I'm concerned. It's really accurate, uh, actually. You, that's really what happens in this book. It's a lot of sailing from point A to point they B. They spend so yeah. much time on You do a lot boats. of sailing. This you is get, a fisherman's book. I feel like you'd be book. so salty. It's just a salty-ass Well, it's a he does. He talk, he's book. like, they, yeah. the uh, narrator is always saying, like, 
Ged took off his shirt and it stood up on its own because yeah, of this crust fucking of salt. Yeah, it's crusty. And there's two people that he meets on the island. They are the crustiest of all. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, we start off on, uh, on fucking his home island. It's not they gaunt. Have, they have goats there. And oh, no, it, it is gaunt. It's gaunt. It's gaunt, yeah. yeah. Gaunt. I, was, I, get, I get Gaunt and Roke confused because they're see. like the two main places. Anyways, yeah, he starts talking Gaunt and he's a goat herder and he's a little boy and his dad is What's a... What's his name, Gibby? His name... I don't know his name when he's... Oh, Dooney. 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 Um, yeah, his dad's like a prick that beats him all the time and then one day he like finds that he can summon goats to him with a word that he heard from his like weird witch aunt which can i just say have you ever played the game goat simulator yes oh, yeah. ma'am you know when you can like go and become a demon goat and then yes, you can yes. like summon all the goats around you and there's just like a flying goat ball <laughs> that is what i saw when i heard like dooney say the go- he's like says the magic goat word and all they the goats all look flock him. to him i thought they were like swarming around him yeah. well how scary would it be to have a bunch of goats look at you I, I hate their eyes. <laughs> goats can overwhelm <clears throat> overwhelm uh, people, for sure. They're, I used yeah. to go to a petting zoo when I lived in Southern California, and um, we took a friend there. She was pregnant at the time, and the goats just sort of started to descend upon this woman, and soon there was like five goats on top of her, and uh, I didn't know if she was going to make it out alive. You know, lots of goats. Oh, all right. Um, uh, hold on one second. You got it. My the TV just there you shut go. off. It's oh, okay. the computer went Sorry. into rest mode. Oh shit! That's all. It's okay. The screen just went black, and I got scared. Um, you had just said something about the. It wasn't important. Friend. It wasn't really funny. <laughs> I think we should move on. <laughs> okay, okay. So Somebody sad. got the goat pregnant. Who knows? <laughs> we'll move on. Um, yeah, but being a goat hurts hard. But he learns magic from this old witch woman. And I gotta say, I was really, like, interested reading back on this, that that whole thing in this book about the, like, witch women of the village being, like, bad at magic and having, like, a woman's magic, right? They talk about that. And it's like, well, Ursula is this, like, feminist writer. I'm like, I didn't really get why she was relegating women to that role in this book. Yeah. That makes sense. I was surprised by that too. Yeah, and that the yeah. the wizard school in Roke was all I mean, for all the most men. part, all boys, all, all men. Yeah. yeah. So I did some research on this, um, and it really, it really was just that she was just like sort of conforming to fantasy tropes. I think maybe she felt that she couldn't attack too much at once with the book, or she mm. would never get published. I don't know. Yeah, she's but like, she like I already she, got a native looking right. first. She character. went for like a. A colorful cast rather than like flipping the gender norms, but Man. I mean, but I, she does that in other. She, but yeah, so then she kind of says in more words or less that she felt bad about this. Like you know, she she thinks she left the job unfinished. So in the fourth and fifth book of the series, uh, she really attacks the feminist angle and like completely revises sort of the like hierarchy of the first three books. Damn. And the fourth book is really interesting. It's about like middle aged tenar. Uh, from the tombs of Atuan, you know, she's like all grown up and she has, she had a husband who died and she has kids. It's about her sort of like finding this like inner magic in herself and like going against all these like norms that are set out. And it's a really interesting book. It's totally different tone and like narrative structure than the first three. It feels much more like a 
modern fantasy book. And it was written like 18 years after the first three ones. Mm. So there's a lot of space between them. Um, but yeah, and then also she reveals in the fifth book that the College on Roke was founded by women. But they were like, they had their power taken from them and like men took over. Damn. Yeah. Assholes. So I think she went back and sort of revised that. But that is interesting in these first books how a woman's, it's like, Evil and weak as a woman's magic or something, yeah. as they say. So that was weird. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge for the amount that we um, talk, we, we, we shit on um, you, Brady. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is refreshing and, and nice and heartwarming to hear a man talk about this stuff. Um, from like a, a lens of admiration. I think it's really sweet. I love that you like these books. I love that you acknowledge and see um, and analyze this, the social context in, in them and the way that her books evolved. And I think it's really um, sweet and unique that you admire Ursula K. Le Guin. I think that everyone should but that's not really our reality. So I'm just like, mm. I don't know, I just want to acknowledge that because I think it is um, special and unfortunately rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, nice yeah, job, I, I agree that it's <laughs> <laughs> more rare than it should be. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I also, I, just to throw it back, I definitely was more attuned to this sort of thing on this read-through because I was like preparing for this podcast and because you girls talk about this stuff all the time. The episodes that I've listened to, I think, are very enlightening in terms of, like, you know, the <laughs> things that you pick up on that I would probably never pick up on. Like, that capital B black, like, whole yeah, thing, you know, like... Flaring. That's, I mean, definitely a different way to, like, look at books than I looked at them when I was, like, 12 years old, so... Yeah. Thank you, Brady. Well, I'm going to add enlightening <laughs> to uh, our list of tags for our podcast. <laughs> so, since we have that on, on audio... This little sound bite there. Do you hear that? <laughs> Apple. We're yeah. lightning. God damn it. Lightning. <laughs> well, thank you, Brady. I, I'm glad that we can be educational as well. Oh, hell yeah. For not just capital B blacks out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All the capital Bs. Uh, okay, so what happens? So, yeah, so he goes, he gets too power. Oh, we old. So they get invaded by the white people, which are the... the the, uh, they've got blonde hair. The Kargish, oh, from yes. the Kargish lands, yes. where, where we oh. go in the second books. Yes. Um, yeah, but they come in and they're like raiding the towns and Ged protects everybody with some fog that tricks all the Kargish guys and they run into a ravine and it's like sort of Three Stooges level, like bumping into <laughs> things. And so they realize that he's powerful and they give him to like the mage of the island, Ogian, who takes him as an apprentice. And I think this is kind of where, I don't know, I feel like Paris started to really hate this character because he's a real whiny shit, you know? Yeah. He's like, fuck this. Yeah, like, why Why aren't I'm we, cold. Yeah, where's the, like, why isn't he keeping the rain off of us? Why are we cold? He's like, man, I should have just picked that other job. At least I'd be dry. Like, he's just, he just. Yeah. And so she, wise. I think she does, I really like the way she plays with, like, the whole <laughs> wizard trope of, like, you know, wizards are, like, old and wise and, like, they are... You know, they, they never say more than, like, what they have to say, and they're very mysterious. Because we get to see, like, the young wizard growing up, mm-hmm. and he's just a total fucking, like, nincompoop, <laughs> like, uh, who's just hot-headed. And so it's sort of, you know, like... Oh, like, Ian, when I, are we going to use somewhere... our powers? Why are you showing me anything? Yeah. Fuck. 
like, and he's like, he's like, all all balance must be strought for my and all this young shit. Padawan. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, so he decides that he hates the old man wizard and wants to go study with the chads on Wizard Island. This, okay, that bothered me so much. I was like, listen, you out here wildin' with that witch girl, you know she's bad news, you know- Oh yeah. yeah. You know it, okay, why are you trippin' Sparrowhawk? And then he's like, and Augie's like, okay, well, listen, like, you want to go out there uh, and, like, learn from someone else? Like, I, I, I'm not going to force you to be here. And he was like, yeah, I do. And, and like, he was like, oh, man, I miss Augie. And, like, I, I just wish he had stayed with him. But I know we wouldn't have had a story. And I know. Yeah, he had to go meet, like, uh, Jasper. Draco Malfoy. Oh, yeah, school. bro. What a fucking bitch ass. Yeah, Jasper. Jasper's a little shit. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay. yeah. No, he. that's good. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, he goes on a ship and he rows the oars. Which, more, more time on boats. Yeah, we get the. It's our first real time on a boat. <laughs> Plenty to follow. Shows up. Uh, we get some cool stuff. I love how the Archmage is just like this dude in like a white robe that like sort of shimmers into existence like in this like courtyard yeah he's like gandalf says, the white exactly yeah <laughs> he says some like real you know deep shit and then he fucking disappears yeah like that's the kind of school i'm trying to go to yeah for sure <laughs> um, yeah that sounded yeah, like they had like a little courtyard with like yeah. fountains and yeah. he was like ooh, vibing yeah <laughs> Ooh, okay and so then we get the whole school arc Wherein he becomes pretty powerful and like surpasses all of his schoolmates, which I love. I get off on that shit. I love that sort of like grinding into (laughs) your power. Ugh, I love it. It's great. I love. Fuck it up. (laughs) He has to go to the fucking like dude that lives on the coast and learn (laughs) the name of every rock and like snail. And was surprisingly chill with it. He's like, yeah, it sucks, but like I'm learning faster, so. mm." Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the whole thing about this this book these books like it's all about names that's the magic Mm -hmm. you have to like know the true name and I guess it requires you just read long scrolls all day yeah magic is like surprisingly (laughs) obtainable if you're a man Mm -hmm. in this book Mm -hmm. if you're a man in this book in this book yeah you you get like four books in before the ladies get involved. (laughs) Yeah, it was like uh, all the women, like he would roll up into a new town and they'd be like, the men were surrounding him with primitive rocks and shells Mm -hmm. and the women were cowering in the huts, scared of him. Or like he would weave something like with a charm and like the women were sighing because what he was making was so pretty. And it's like, damn. (laughs) A little one-dimensional to start off mm-hmm. our celeb, it's but that's true. okay. So it's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he he kind of reaches his like peak schoolboy power. Mm-hmm. He returns doing... from the learning shack, mm-hmm. and this is where shit goes down, right? He's like Harry Potter in the Half Blood Prince level of like good. Yeah, he's like he yeah he's like the peak schoolboy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's about he's about ready to be a, like a badass. Yeah, and then he gets into a pissing match with Jasper, the dickhead of the school. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, they wind up going out to old Roke Knoll to have a battle of sorcery. And Ged decides to summon uh, this, like, ancient, like, Shadow princess. Demon. Oh, and, right, right, right. Doesn't he use, like, yeah. a resurrection spell? Yeah, yeah. The same one that he learned in Ogian's, uh, like, little hut when he read that, like, Necronomicon book or whatever. <laughs> Which, I don't know why Ogian's got that. Like, he's he just is, like, a simple, like, wizard who likes to, like, look at grass. But he also has, like, a book of the dead. I mean, uh, o- Ogian's pretty OP. I loved him. I thought he was a baller. Oh, he's so good. And, he's so good. Um, but yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that he was like, well, I'm going to summon this princess. And we don't even know if she's actually real, but we've just heard some number uh-huh. one hits about her. And you just <laughs> fucking watch me, Jasper. You watch me. And uh, then he um, fucking Yaga's uh, shadow demon out yeah. <laughs> from the pits of hell or something. <laughs> yeah, he fucking calls up a fucking demon and it rips his face up. And yeah. the archmage... Uh, like banishes it and dies and like closes the rift to hell and dies yeah that made me so mad that the archmage yeah. died to save Ged's dumbass <laughs> but then I mean and this all culminates in Ged being much shamed he, yeah. he's like a shadow of his former self like, I have scars. full of scars on his face he's like very guilty over killing the archmage and all this stuff and basically can't do magic very well for a while um, but ultimately, he like graduates and gets puttered off. He gets sputtered off to some fishing village where they have a dragon problem. Yeah, and that's like the end of his school. He's like, I don't want to uh, fucking do anything crazy. Like, yeah. just send me wherever. And the new archmage was like, I don't know about you, kid. Like, I see you did some fucked up shit. Like, you'll have to earn my trust. Not really yep. sure what I can do about you, but I know that you're in trouble because you didn't fucking kill the demon. This demon's still out there. He's trying to get you. So he just, like, tosses them out. And Ged's like, this sounds good. I'm a piece of shit anyway, so, like, this tiny fishing village will do just fine, thanks. Yep. And maybe if I'm lucky, these dragons will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of, yeah, he just doesn't uh, doesn't have a whole lot going for him at this point. Although he does have the two things that he were good at his school was he got his little furry friend, the uh, Otak, which I love the Otak. Yeah. Uh, I think it looks like a ferret. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a hard time picturing what it was. I knew it was like I a I pictured exactly animal. what it was to me is like one of those little pocket pets that you get at the state fair. <laughs> a sugar glider? A sugar glider. Yeah, that was Otak. <laughs> I imagine oh, it'd be so like cute. a thick squirrel, like a big squirrel, squirrel, but like if you took the squirrel's face and you just mushed it flat, so it kind of <laughs> looked like a football. <laughs> like an Alvin and the Chipmunks kind of squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a like chipmunk. That. I guess that is a chipmunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a squirrel, like from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Theodore has a very like round head. I don't know. I just he was cute. Well, we loved him. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Otak. Yeah. Um, Otak. And then he also meets Vetch, who's his. Is that his name? Yeah, Vetch. Vetch was his Vetch, best friend yeah. in school. His, his buddy Vetch was like, I'm cool with the everyone. Goat. Everyone's cool with me. We're buds. Yeah. And so there, then, then he like basically tells Ged his true name and says, hey, I still believe in you, bro. 
And yeah. so that gives Ged, like, the confidence to go forth. Yeah. Which and... I'm really glad that Ged wasn't white, because if yeah. Vetch, like, a dark-skinned man, rolled up and was like, hey, you really fucked up, but you know what? I love you still, and I'm going to give you the confidence and trust of my whole ass existence, and that's going to help you on your way. I mean, like, there still could be, like, a question of colorism, but I was like, oh, thank God Ged is not white, because then mm-hmm. it would just be, like, aiding the white protagonist. Mm-hmm. Ah! But it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, I could actually, like, enjoy Vetch's existence, because I thought he was a sweet little cinnamon roll, and I loved him. Yeah, not a, not a shred of bad in his blood. He's just all good guy. He is all good guy. And he didn't get killed either, which was really no. nice. Impressively. I definitely remember thinking that he's going to get bopped for sure yeah. at the end. <laughs> he's, he's just chilling. He's just chilling, singing songs in the boat. Yeah, you know? Just so yeah, Ged goes to the island, and he kills a bunch of baby dragons mm-hmm. and makes a deal with the older dragon to not attack the villagers because he figured out the older dragon's true name via some... Uh, absolute nerd shit. Some he like read terrain? a book. Yeah, totally. I really like the dragon talks. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I love that he like has a conversation with. Yeah, the, dragon. the dragons in these books are like 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 way smarter than humans and older yeah. and like more powerful. They're like yeah, basically demigods sort of. So yeah, the only way to outwit him was to outwit him. You know, like y- yes, dead. Ged really did the power play. I, I enjoyed that too. I was like, oh shit. Because I was like, man, he's killing all. I was like, he's killing your kids, man. Like, you gotta you gotta swipe this human wizard dude off the planet. Like, I was ready for dragon. I was like on the dragon side. Um, Same. But then, you know. <laughs> it's like fucking frying. Yeah, Paris wanted Ged to die. <laughs> but then she saw so. she had 200 more pages to go and was like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I told her it must be really frustrating to read this book because it's literally just chronicles of Ged almost dying over and over. <laughs> just edging. And I'm like, oh, maybe this, this time. Uh, no, he no. lives. Yeah, and so, oh, and while he's on these islands, uh, the people who are being like har- harassed by the dragons, uh, he makes friends with the fisherman, and the fisherman's son gets a fever and dies. And Ged tries to save him and, like, goes into the like land of death. the undead yeah which is this like like gray grassy knoll that like uh with a low stone wall and if you go down the stone wall and down the hill you like go into the land of the dead and he tries to follow the kid there and bring him back but he can't and as he's like struggling back up to get to the land of the living he sees his shadow it's been waiting for him on the threshold of life and death and then the shadow escapes so yeah. the shadow is now like officially loose in the world, and like his when only Voldemort job. gets a body. Yes. Yeah, his only job is to kill Ged. Like that is his only yeah. purpose in the mortal realm is to take Ged's body and to just like you know turn him into a gibbeth, which I love that word. I don't yeah. know where she got the gibbeth. word gibbeth, but gibbeth. it's sick. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty sick word. But yeah, I felt bad for Peshvari because like. Which was um, Ged's friend, his fisherman mm-hmm. friend from that fisherman island. Um, because they're like, hey, our son, he's dying. And Ged's like, actually, I learned that when someone's dying, dying, like really dying, for sure dying, you're not supposed to get him back. 
you know, you're just supposed to let him go. And then he like, so he doesn't save their son, but then he goes off to kill like three dragons and outsmart yeah. an elder dragon. And then he comes back and he's like, dragon problem solved. And Petvari's like, oh yeah, you killed those goddamn dragons, but you couldn't save my son, my four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I felt, I, I don't know, that kind of um, hurt my asshole a little bit. I felt <laughs> Well, it's true. And way. I mean, I think Ged, I mean, he was sorry for it too. And he like sort of realizes, you know, like he can make friends with this like commoner like this, but then there there's always going to be this divide between them. Because no. like the guy doesn't really understand what his powers are, like what he can do. Fucking peasant. Yeah. <laughs> peasant ass Petchvari. Smells like fish. Smells ah! like fish. <laughs> Fishing and shit. Fishing and shit. So basically from here on out, once this um his shadow is activated, then it's just like Ged running away, like as far as he can from the shadow, and then he's like, "No, I I gotta face the shadow, but I want to run away from the shadow." And yeah. I don't remember exactly how he gets there, but he ends up on like this spooky island with like, wh- what was he doing? Wh- like, where he was going somewhere, and oh, he okay. ends so up he on this meets, spooky island. He meets somebody that tells him to go north. He goes north. He winds up at this castle that like. Yeah is in the middle of nowhere and there in the castle is the lady who he knew when he was a child the like sorceress yeah and she's the one that caused him to summon like learn the dark arts in the first place Mm because he wanted to impress her and she's now married to the king of this castle and they basically just want him to touch a stone and become possessed by the old powers of the stone and become their like ultimate weapon um right and so he, he turns into a hawk and runs away yeah yeah, the, that was all wild. But in that, uh, in his journey there, once he gets to that island, he uh, kind of buddies up reluctant, reluctantly with this man named Skior. I think oh, yeah, Skior. And Skior is actually the um, vessel for, the like, the, the chosen human vessel for the shadow. So um, Skior attacks Sparrowhawk, Ged, um, and he gets his little otak he yes otak dies he gets got he gets bought when i was a kid that skior thing really scared me i remember reading that like his face like melts and shit like like he turns like rubbery and like slips (laughs) off like it's fucked up yeah it was pretty and like the it was pretty ominous on the boat too the boat to the island where he met skior and skior's like yeah little wizard bitch and he's like, whoa, <laughs> chill out, Skior. Like, getting a little crazy here. Everyone else is just, like, trying to get by. Um, so Skior was, like, already intense and aggressive. And when Skior, like, isn't talking to him on their journey, when he's like, oh, stops yeah. responding like, to him. like, how far, Skior? And he's just fucking walking. Yeah. Ugh, creepy. I, I don't creepy. blame Kid Brady for being spooked by that. <laughs> it was spooky. But so, one interesting thing about the castle that they go to is that it's the first run-in we get with the old powers of the Earth, which are, like, like different from the magic that they know with the names and, you know, casting spells. It's more like this, like, nameless ancient magic. I, I love that shit. I think that's awesome. Yeah. But it's, like, super. they're always malevolent. Like, they just want to fuck you up for some reason. So, like, the stone in the basement of the castle 
this like old power of the earth that has yeah. like possessed the king and and everybody there and turned them into like uh, I don't know they're it's like vessels and so he has to run away as a hawk he has to get out of there yeah it was really um, spooky he because yeah. uh, the girl she's grown up to be all hot and sexy yeah and yeah. he stays with them for a while and he's like damn girl ooh and she's like I want to show you my secrets and he's like okay but her secret turns out to be this like sketchy gemstone and uh he's like oh no bitch absolutely not and she's like come on just touch it and he's like no like i'll touch your tits but i'm not gonna touch that um and whoa you was... got a different version of the book than i <laughs> what were you listening to my audiobook didn't have that part no. <laughs> i'm inferring you know like we know that he had the hot for her um, reading context clues here Hello. Um, yeah, so Ged escapes successfully from this castle. This and she doesn't. Castle. She turns into a seagull and gets eaten by some fucking uh, big old. gargoyles. I don't know what chases them. It was it very was unclear. like old world uh, or old magic um, like critters from the yeah. stone. I thought yeah. like. That the stone so. was like, oh well, I'm gonna send out some of my demon baddies. Um, yeah. That we like didn't see any more after that, which I was no. surprised. So that was convenient. But that Ged yeah. flies all the way back to Ogian. Mm, papa. Where he is nursed back to health, and he almost has a bird mind. He almost becomes Birdman. <laughs> he almost does become Birdman. He almost gets keeps his bird brain. Yeah. Because when you transform into animals in these books, you like slowly begin to think like them Mm -hmm. and you have you can only do it for a certain amount of time or you will like fully become the animal yeah and Ogian's like don't do that again okay as I've told you before you need to listen to me homie and he finally does so Ogian being a sweetie pie papa good boy makes him a new staff he nurses him back to health he gives him some words of wisdom and he's like listen my guy you can't keep running because that motherfucker gonna catch you. You need to hunt him. Oh, yeah. And so Ged sets off, finally, being brave and not such a little bitch um, to go hunt <laughs> the shadow that chases him. And that, you know, makes cool shit happen. Yep, they sail around. He winds up cornering the shadow and then crashing on a little island where there's these two old salty. people salty, salty old people crusty ass <laughs> like unintelligible like their skin literally has crust like barnacled of, of like, yes, they are barnacled salt. I believe mm-hmm. yeah he's in like um, the middle of nowhere like yeah. the the shadow was like fuck I'm gonna get got so he the shadow like leads him blindly through this fog um, yeah. And he crashes into this tiny little, like, mile, mile and a half wide island. And these just two ugly old homies <laughs> are living and... there, living off of <laughs> seals and fish. They're literally looking like, they're looking like the 2008 ass CGI, like, Davy Jones pirates from Pirates, from pirates of, Caribbean. of the Caribbean. Yes. Like, they are crusted up starfish <laughs> on the face. <laughs> Seaweed hanging from their hair. 
And um, they're like, is that bootstrap Bill Turner? <laughs> bootstrap Bill. <laughs> and then they, yeah, so they play some liar's dice. Yes. Four. Four. Ged gets four fours. <laughs> um... <laughs> Um, so Ged's like, okay, uh, Ged finds out that they're actually, like, old royals that have been, like, sh- yeah. um, uh, what is it, the word, uh, condemned? Marooned. Um, st- marooned, Crested. stranded. They've been, they've been exiled. Exiled, thank you. Like fucking Napoleon, they've been exiled. Yeah, so they live on this rock, and, uh, they don't want to leave. Ged's like, you all want to come? And like, the lady's nope. like, I, no comprende. And the guy is like, no, absolutely fucking not. Um, so Ged like leaves them a nice spring well. And is like, mm-hmm. all right, catch you later. Pops, bye. Um, and never sees homies again. But very importantly, he is given a gift, which is an old rusty half of a like bracelet that the old woman had wrapped in her like her little like princess gown that she had when she was first put on the island and this half a ring plays grave importance in later books but we don't know it yet i see do we know in uh the tombs of atuan yes yes you do because it's the ring that he has (laughs) on his necklace I listened to that book on audiobook yeah. today. Couldn't tell you that he Okay, had a so he has a necklace. Dude. We're running out of time. So basically, Ged goes. He ends up at, on Vetch's island. Vetch is the, the wizard on his home island. Vetch is living good with his two younger siblings. Uh, his sister Yarrow is a total cutie pie sweetheart. Love Yarrow. Yeah, love Yarrow. She has like a little tiny miniature pet dragon. She's balling and out. She finds us out more shit about wizardry than anybody else. Like she, like we get so much exposition from Ged because he's just like explaining what the fuck wizards are all about to her. It's great. Yeah, yeah. so fucking good. Um, and so Vetch is like, listen, my guy, you are my friend. I still love you. Uh, I'm going to even tell you my sister's real name. That's how much I trust you. And I'm like, Vetch, shut the fuck up. Okay. (laughs) Stop telling Ked all of your secrets. And so Vetch is like, (laughs) Vetch is like, I will go on this journey with you. You should not be fighting this demon alone. And Ged's like, I think you should not, but I'm lonely and I need you. So sounds good. And they go off. And basically, it's just like this blind pursuit for like 40 pages yeah. of Ged just like soul reading the universe to find <laughs> this shadow. And they're like, they reach an island and they're like, hey, what's east of this island? And they're like, nothing. The islanders nothing. are like, fucking nothing. And Ged's like, I think they're lying. Let's go anyway. And then it's like 10 more pages of them just like being in wet rain. Poor Vetch. It's just like soaked to the bone for like a week on this raft. Well, they're just just pushing the main like, wind. Definitely both have trench foot. There's no way mm. that their feet are dry. Scurvy. They didn't brush their teeth once in this book. Oh, 
Why? Why would you say that? No, they're wizards. They can, or one no, of them. Parents. Aren't they both? No, they no. don't brush their teeth magically. No. Because, no. like, you know, I was thinking about them rowing, like, when Ged was on his first boat and the yeah. boat with all the slaves as well. Like, they're just rowing shirtless for yeah. days. Ugh. They're not showering. They're no. getting sweaty, salty, and they're they sitting just, next to each other. Do rowing. they just shit themselves where they're sitting? Like what? They probably do have they a shit, shit overboard. Oh, they have a shit bucket. I <laughs> pass me the shit bucket. Yep. <laughs> Slops over to you. Delicious. Oh, so Vetch and uh, Ged also have a shit bucket. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Vetch and Ged. Get, Vetch is like, hey, the real name of my shit is. And Ged's like, I didn't need to know that. Thanks, yeah. though. Vetch. Um, but finally. Find the shadow. They find the shadow. In and Ged the, just the basically touches the shadow and calls it Ged. And <laughs> away it goes. Um, which I, I think it's. I actually think it's kind of a cool ending. Like, it's like very like, ooh, its name was Ged the whole time. Yeah, it's it's like um, very young adult appropriate. Yeah. Like you know, you just have to face your fears. Your biggest fear is yourself. Right, and this book was written for children. It is yeah. important to note. This was a originally like um, uh, Ursula K. Le Guin was like contracted to like write a children's book, and she wrote this. But it's more of like sort of like a timeless like tale for all ages sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gotta but teach yeah. them young that women have shit magic. <clears throat> That's right. Teach them about the the <laughs> wicked and weakness of women's magic. Yeah, fucking um, village woman, Jesus. Fucking idiot. Oh, and that's the end yeah. of the book. It ends right there. That's um, it. Yeah. And then book the second two. book, I guess you guys didn't really read, uh, so uh, we don't I really have to talk about to it, it too much on audiobook. Um, basically, it's just about a, a, a girl who is, like, growing up as the high priestess of, like, this ancient and nearly forgotten religion Boring. in the middle of a desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, hey, I'm super old and I've been reborn a thousand times. I'm, you know. But she she hasn't. Like, that's just what they say. That's what they right? tell yeah. her. Yeah. That's yes. a lie. And so she, like, sort of is brainwashed by all this, but also sort of thinks it's kind of bullshit in a way. Yeah, and she's like, I enjoy the privileges of being high priestess. However, I don't think it's real. So, right. mm-hmm. but she does fall in love with the maze that's like the labyrinth underneath her like domain, which is her domain is this like ring of twelve giant stones that are like powers of the old ones. Right, it's oh, sort damn. of like that stone in the first book. They're this like nameless ancient like evil power that's sort of dormant and that most of the characters in the book don't believe in. But that turns out to be very real by the end when they're trying to escape. Uh, but yeah, she she she's the high priestess of this place. She travels this labyrinth, and eventually, and no man is allowed in. But one day, a man goes in and like mm. puts a light there where you're not supposed to light it up. And she's like, "What the fuck?" And it turns out this man is Ged, who it, has come for the treasure. It took me so long to figure out it was Ged. It took me so long. <laughs> oh. I was like, that's Ged? When he's like, I'm Ged. <laughs> you didn't tell? Wait, at the very end of the book when he reveals that it's Ged, that's when you knew it was yes. Ged? 
Not when they said he had all these scars on his face. No, I was like, man, that guy sounds Or when ugly. she was like, wow, it's like he has like dark skin. What's that about? No, I was right. like, when he's like, I yeah. will do for you what you've done for me. I shall tell you my true name. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, that's Ged. But he's much wiser in this book than he was. Was he older? Yeah, yeah. Been yeah like, it's been like. I mean, yeah, he's is much he much wiser because uh, men are forbidden and so is light? And those were like the first two <laughs> things he did. He was like, I'm a man and I have a torch. So I don't know. I feel like it's same old Ged. And I'm gonna right. ignore he that side. Well, he didn't really give a shit me. about their like religious like shit. He was like, No, nah, I'm coming here for this ring. I don't care. He, there's one mistake he makes is going in Labyrinth and then being like, oh shit, the old powers are like way more powerful than I thought, and now mm. I can't get out or do any magic. Damn. And I was at the whim of this girl. And eventually they form a bond, and uh, there's this evil priestess that's trying to kill the girl and like basically ruin that old religion because she believes in the god kings, which are like the newer, hipper religion that are like right. people that rule the place they live which woman um, so which evil um priestess was trying to fuck things up was it the skinny one or the chunky one the skinny one turned out to not be that evil she was actually sort of nice to our Ar- Ar- and uh she dies and so then the old like the, the, the chunkier one who's like the evil lady she Classic. becomes like de facto ruler yeah if you're fat yes. you're evil yeah, exactly that's exactly, exactly what i was gonna are. say if you're fat, you're evil. I don't think that that is a trope in these books, so I think it's all right. <laughs> well, I um, just remember reading, or not reading, but I was listening, and it was like, yeah, Arha was going first, and then the lady behind her was going second, and Arha could hear her fabric scraping against the wall. <laughs> it was like, never, you, you never got to forget that she was no. fat. Like, <laughs> never. I think Arha, like... I think it's like because she's like you know a thirteen year old girl or whatever, so she's thinking about it like well like that's the old fat lady and that's the old skinny lady and like those are the like ways she thinks about the people. God. But they wind up in the treasure room in like the heart of the labyrinth, and Ged gets the other half of the amulet of Aerith Akbe or whatever, which is what he wanted. Uh, which is like the greatest treasure of all the lands and is like meant to you, you like has the king's rune on it which is the rune that the, you need for a king to rule all the lands and all the shit anyways it's a lot of lore yeah he has one half of the amulet that he got from the lady in the first book on the island the salty the, the Davy Jones yeah. lady the salty crusty gal <laughs> yeah so she gave Calypso. him half of the amulet Calypso. And he goes, <laughs> and then he gets the other one from the throne room and then or the treasure room, and then they escape, and uh, Arha pushes her like faithful servant Manan into the pit of death. The oh wait, who's really? The why? Saddest guy. Oh, you didn't hear that part? Yeah. No. It's well, her, he's her eunuch. Yeah, he tries to kill Ged because he thinks Ged is like controlling her. Oh, right? okay. Uh, uh, so Ma- he's trying Manon? to protect her. But yeah, Manon. He and tries she to, fucking yeets him. He tries to protect her by killing Ged. So to protect Ged, she yeets Manon into the Damn. abyss. Which is like... Which it's... is... He gets the worst shit in this book. Like, that Yeah, she was like, oh, fucking Manon's mushy face. Yeah. Never... And he's... Like... <laughs> And he's always like, what can I do for you, little one? Yeah, he's little, so nice. He's like a child. nice old eunuch, and he just gets fucking yeeted into yeah, the Yeah, she calls him a half-man. Well, he I is I know, because he doesn't have a dick. <laughs> he, doesn't have, he doesn't have the genitals. So he's allowed yeah. in the pit. 
you can still be a man and not have genitals. It's true. It's true. And that's, you know. I mean, Grey Worm. Grey Worm. Yeah. Was yeah. As hell. Grey Worm was 100% yeah. man. Fuck. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, what a complex, um, yeah, the vibes I'm feeling, I felt from this book were were different because Mm -hmm. there was like the angry ladies who were like, stupid child. And she's like, well, you're fucking fat. And then Manon would be like, what's up, honey cake? What are you doing? She's like, Manon, you're so fucking annoying and ugly and old. Um, he, like, the way I saw him was, did you ever see the like scream um, parody movies? A like scary movie? Scary movie. Yeah, there's one of them. I don't know which one it is, but there's like a butler who has like a gross hand. <laughs> do you know which one I'm talking no. about? Oh, uh, damn. What? Okay, I, well, then you'll just have to cut this Why off. do you think he's a butler with a gross hand? And he, he reminded me of the butler with the gross hand, because he's like a eunuch, and she's like, ew, you're oh, gross okay. all the time. And he's like, hello, little one. And okay. It's, I it's like how smart. she's like, ew, you don't have a penis? Disgusting. <laughs> I, you know? I mean, she's, to be fair, I, I don't think she it. knows she, what a penis is, because she's, like, not allowed to be raised near men, pretty much. Well, she does know what a penis is, because the prisoners in the pit right, were naked. Right, they were naked, yeah. And, and so like, I think she's been a little bit acquainted. I think she, you know, men are not allowed in here. Well, what no. are men? Penises. Yeah. So because her and Gen- men's <laughs> men are, you know, their value is attributed to... The size and the girth. The size and the girth. (laughs) Size and the girth. Not even length. We're about girth here. Okay. Well, by size and length. Thick. The length of the girth, I guess. (laughs) And also the the sack. Yeah. How Ah. how hefty is that sack? Are we talking size or potency? You know. Mm. Either. (laughs) Like, are we talking sperm count or just weight? Are we talking? Are we talking weight? Are we talking showmanship? Weight. All sperms, baby. Weight of the ball. How much does your ball weigh? Heavy. (laughs) Do they clack when you walk? Does it make a clacking sound? (laughs) Big bonus points. You know what can help with that? What's that? Steam. You know what can help with that? A ball koozie. (laughs) I just realized. That it's like jacuzzi? Yes. That's what? What did you think it was? Balcuzzi. Like like a beer koozie. No, it's not meant to keep your balls insulated from ice. No, you're just supposed to rest your balls in it. It's just like... Yeah, Yeah, I understand But on your scrotum. (laughs) And maybe, if you're lucky, a little bit of gooch. A tiny bit of Maybe the perineum. Just a smidge. Fuck. So... So, yeah. So, they get out of the, the labyrinth. They leave this place. And the whole fucking temple comes crashing down. Because the old ones are so pissed that they stole their treasure. And uh, everybody Aura knows dies. Like, they just... They're all dead. Because they all get <laughs> fucking sucked into this giant hole in the ground. And they run away. And the wow. book ends with Ged and Aura arriving in the capital city of Havnor... Um, and they they roll up with the f- completed ring, both halves, and everybody greets them as heroes, and that's the end of the book. Wow. And she's like, man, my whole livelihood and everything I've ever known has been destroyed, but it's okay, because I have a man. No, that is not at all. <laughs> she realizes, basically, that, like, she gets her freedom, and, like, 
it's uh, this whole i think in my opinion it's this whole big like analogy for like becoming a, a woman or like like basically like growing up it's like a both i think both first and second book are like uh Coming of age coming stories. Coming of age stories, yeah. I see, I see. So it's like I was controlled my whole right. life because exactly. I was a teenager, but now <laughs> my tits are full grown. I have full bush now. No, she's still like 13. <laughs> so. Oh, never mind. Sorry. So Gad's like, what, 20? I don't know. I think he's like 30 at this point. He's older. Oh, because okay. in the, in the so next he's book. Not, they're not trying to fuck. No. In the next book, I he is see. the Archmage. <laughs> right. Got it. Got it. Sorry. I... I wish. I wish they were trying to no, fuck. No, they're not trying to fuck. <laughs> Unfortunately. Gets like, oh, it's so crazy in here. We're all alone in this maze. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, well, okay, Brady. Um, on a scale of one to five, how many um, bookmarks would you give? <laughs> how many bookmarks? This book. The, the both of them together, the the two of the series that we read. How Combined, many? I mean, I give them five out of five. But I I I like the second book more than the first book. I think. So how many bookmarks? I don't know. I don't know. I would say the fir- the second book is a five out of five bookmarks. And the first book's like a four point five out of five. There is a little bit of too much in, like salty ocean traveling in the first book. <laughs> Flane. I will rate them individually. The first book, I would rate 3.8 because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the adventure, uh, but I, it was, I think, when we were just on the ocean and we just <laughs> couldn't stop being in the ocean. I was like, get, yeah. get it to get it together, okay? <laughs> um, so I would give it a 3.8. And uh, the second book, I cannot rate. I cannot rate it because <laughs> I did not give it a fair shot. And I am forever ruined by the audiobook that I listened to. Like, I, like it's, it's really bad. Um, you listened to so, an old audiobook, right? Yes, I did. Yes. It was like, I, the way I'm picturing this is like a, a fucking movie from the 70s. Um, and it's just like... I, I can't. I, I, I cannot <laughs> honestly and um, I, I can't rate it. My so, audiobook yes. wasn't that bad. My audiobook, I think it was like a newer one. And the same person was a man. He read for both books because I, I listened to like the second half of the first book on audiobook as well. Um, I give the first book three bookmarks no out way. of five bookmarks. You were crying while reading it. Yeah, well, okay. So <laughs> I, I was not a huge fan, but I didn't think it was awful. And I think that it has, like you said, I it set up a really cool, like, um, way of writing. And mm-hmm. it, like, Ursula K. Le Guin was a trailblazer for her time. I don't know, it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter, so I'm sure that, like, there were influences in J.K. Rowling's writing from books like this. Um, You are attempting to look at it objectively. Right, that's good. Yeah, so I think that that seems like a really cool, you know, it was a cool idea for a story. The second one, I uh, really did not enjoy very much. I just feel like it's really hard for me to like a book when I want the main character to die. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't really give a shit. Uh, I don't really care about the main character at all. So I would give the second book like a one bookmark. 
out Damn. of five. That's marks. the lowest score you've ever given a book that we've seriously reviewed <laughs> on, this, on this podcast. I know. I'm sorry. I just it uh, wasn't for me. I don't know. I, I I maybe if I sat down and like actually read it, I listened to it on audiobook at 1.7 speed. So I probably <laughs> didn't give myself. The best situation yeah, Paris didn't have the best in. reading experience. She had to read all the books in the last two days, and yeah, she just yeah. sped up the audiobooks. And <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great. It yeah. wasn't great. Um, but I'm yeah. sorry. I just this is not really a book that I would pick out for myself. And when I don't pick out my own books, I like it is just so painful for me to read them. I hate it when people recommend books to me and they want me to read them, and I'm like, oh my god, please! I have like a full library of stuff I. I've chosen for myself, and I want to read. Yeah, I've been so, trying to get her to read Paris, Lord of the Rings for like five years, and it's yeah. just not worth Paris, do you want me to cut that out? Because we do have a podcast where we review books, um, I, and we have explicitly asked listeners to submit their recommendations. Yes. And we do have a queue of people who want to share their books with us. Um, you should, you on should the podcast. cut that out then. Oh but my now God. I'm not going to. No! Now that I've made my point, I'm going to leave it in. Yeah. Uh, well, and I sorry. would just like everyone to know that, yeah, whatever book you're bringing, you better be prepared to go head to head with Paris <laughs> on it because she's ready. She's Not ready. even Paris. You're fighting Paris's attention span it's really true. is what it is. I just, you know what? I was sitting there and I was listening to the audiobook in the kitchen and I was just looking at The Scottish Bride, which was sitting in front of me, which is a romance novel that I've been just <laughs> enjoying and in eating up. And I couldn't read it. I couldn't read it. I had to listen to this. And eight, I was eight-time time. Nebula Award-winning author Ursula K. Le Guin versus... Uh, like Ronnie McDougal's The Scottish Bride. <laughs> I have Paris to know if they get like, married. I want <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand. I mean, I've read plenty of books that are, you know, universally acclaimed classics, and it's like you have to close, pin your eyes open to read them just because, you know, it's not very fun yeah. sometimes. Um, I actually, what I told Paris, like the way I framed these books is I think they're sort of like told in a way that would be told around like a campfire or like mm-hmm. you know this like ancient like storytelling tradition it, it, it almost seemed like they're meant to be read orally like you know to like, this like group of kids. children or yeah. like, yeah. like a family and I think that that's like the value in the books but it also is it makes it it's very much less personal to read than like a modern young adult novel that's like you know in the first person and like has a lot more character substance in a lot of ways yeah so I understand that this could be a little dry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I still, I enjoyed the challenge. And I think, I mean, like you can't ignore the context of like when we are reading this. Like it's, yeah. it's been hard to dive into um, books just because like, I, you know, my life has been very distracting. Um, and it's like delayed gratification. Like you, this is, this is an investment series. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. Y- you your view of it is different than ours because you've read all of them. You're already sentimental about them. And um, you love the author and like kind of in the way that we love Sarah J. Mass books, like just out of the principle, we love her shit. Mm-hmm. Which I feel that like lore. you should read now, Brady. You're going to read <clears throat> A Court of Thorns and Roses since I had to read the first two books of well, your Well, you fucked series. up because you should have done it on the podcast or something. I don't have a reason to. 
You don't have a reason to read it? Yeah. What do you mean? I just read your book. Now you owe me. Well, and you told me that I'm never allowed to, like, recommend you books again. So why would I do this transaction? <laughs> I didn't say you weren't allowed. You just said I don't really like it. <laughs> I'll see. I mean, I read uh, I read Twilight in the sixth grade, and I was not a fan. I'll Everyone read Twilight, though. Yeah. That was, like, a rite of passage. I was a fan. Yeah. Well, we know you were a fan. <laughs> I never finished Twilight, though. <clears throat> I don't know how. How did you? It's okay. <laughs> Even I did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Sorry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes. So, well, even though it wasn't a roaring success, I still really appreciate that you uh, took the time to do this book recommendation and um, go over it with us, Brady. It's been wonderful to have you on our podcast. Yeah, it's been fun. It's honestly been fun for me to reread these books. Give me an opportunity to go back and get through them. And I mean, I love this podcast. Just here, sitting at my desk like three feet away every week and hearing Paris like just cracking up and like telling hilarious. Oh my god, that a couple weeks ago when you were talking about the like uh, the peeing or pooping the pits. <laughs> Oh I didn't God. poop. The I bed. was, I was like, I was sobbing. I was sobbing <laughs> so hard. I did not poop the bed. No, no, but something. Happened. Oh, honey, you pooped the bed. No, I didn't poop. It wasn't like a turd. Jesus Christ! It, it was, was a shart. Sorry. It was <laughs> You know, I gotta say, I asked Casper, I was like, would you rather I have pissed the bed or shard it? And he was like, oh, piss. Yeah. Piss 100%. I mean, piss is more volume and messier, but the shark. That's what can I be thought. Bad. Shark can be bad. I was alone. I was alone. She was alone. I wasn't there, which is kind of a disappointment. Right. To <laughs> you want me to shit the bed? I, <laughs> it'd be pretty funny. No. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Fuck. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Fantasy Time. Send us a DM on Instagram at Fantasy Time Podcast. That's it. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Yes, please. Uh, send us an email for any other inquiries or book recommendations. If you are not on Instagram, it's Fantasy Time Podcast at gmail.com. We are a part of the TJBS Radio Podcast Network. Listen to podcasts, make your own. That's all I have to say. Hello? Amen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm basking in that. That was great. We're just soaking it yeah. in. Fuck. Well, I love you guys, and all I'm right. looking forward to playing D&D with you. Yeah, let's uh, get to yes, it. Okay. I gotta set that shit up, oh man. All right, okay. all right, all right, all right. I have to make rice. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. How much does your ball weigh? Heavy.